You are listening to Genuine Chit Chat. This show is for real. Hello there, guys, and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week, I'm joined by three powerful women, my occasional co-host, Megan, Rhea Carrigan of Season's Greetings and Pop Gorillas, and also Indie Comic Spotlight, basically lots of things on the Comics Emotion Network, and also Tonya Todd, who's been on the show many times, who's also an author, an actress, and the host of the 52 Love podcast as well. And uh, for this conversation, we speak about the female perspective. It's quite a long conversation, so I split it into two parts. This is part one. Part two will be dropping next week on this very feed. But if you can't wait that long and you want to support the show, please check out patreon.com slash genuine chit chat for as little as one pound a month, which I think is like $1.20 or $1.30 or something. Uh, then you get access to the Patreon feed that you can put the link into wherever you listen to podcasts. You get access to full unsplit episodes of genuine chit chat. So whenever there's a part one and part two on this feed, you get access to both. And you also get access to at least one Afterthoughts episode every week where me and Megan talk about a series or movies or whatever. And at the moment, we're watching through horror films and stuff as well. So if you want in on that, the link is in the description. Uh, but aside from that, this conversation. So part one is about the female perspective. We talk about Rhea's upcoming show, Femon Film, which is why we all got together to have this discussion. Speaking about, you know, how women are represented in the media, as well as specifically in films and things. And we also talk about modern feminism, uh, some issues within the media, lots of that sort of similar vein conversation. Uh, part two kind of continues that sort of thing, but I'll talk about part two right at the very end in the outro. So there's not really much else to add here, guys, aside from saying, you know, check the show notes where there's links to all of Tonya's and Rhea's stuff. You can find them on social media. You can find some of the websites we mentioned, uh, the podcast as well that they're involved with. Uh, there's a book that Rhea mentioned that's in there as well. So it's always good to check the show notes uh, for any episodes of Genuine Chit Chat to find out all the other additional information. Uh, but aside from that, guys, I hope you enjoy this conversation. And then I will be back right at the very end to give you guys some information on what's coming up in part two, as well as other stuff I've got going on, you know, guest spots and that sort of thing. So make sure you stay Stick out to the end. I appreciate all of you guys listening to this conversation and, you know, make sure you reach out to Rhea and Tonya, especially on social media to tell them how much you enjoyed this conversation. And uh, yeah, that's it from me. Thanks as always for listening, guys, and I'll talk to you at the end. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. And I've got rid of the scary woman Zoom voice as well, so you don't have to listen to that. <laughs> she should frighten you. She's terrifying. It's, it came out of nowhere. You're just intimidated by strong women. I'm not actually. That's the thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm more intimidated by weak women, if I'm being completely honest. It's like strong women. I, I, I'm fine with strong women. You know? You're a strong woman. That's me. That's Megan. That's me. Um, so I'm on this show with three very strong women. Um, and that's vaguely what we're going to be talking about. So I'm joined by my self-proclaimed co-host, Megan. How are you doing? I'm all right. Cool. People <laughs> should know her voice. She appears in like every other podcast randomly. Often when she's not asked, she just comes in. I just appear. Yeah, appear. Um, and then we're also joined by Rhea. How are you doing? Hello, I'm good, thank you. I am recovering from accidentally doing the wrong HIT workout this morning, which was, you know, high-intensity interval training which uh, was disastrous and I couldn't do it and I had to finish after 15 minutes and I'm limping on my left side and I can't fully turn to the left either. Oh, no. So, so, so really shit. Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. Cool. <laughs> awesome. That's good. So we've got Megan who's getting over the flu and you went for a run today, which I did go right for out. a run today. <laughs> so you're dying. Rhea's dying. Tonya, are you alive or <laughs> are you struggling? Well, you know the answer to that. <laughs> Yeah, well, you're some, you know, ethereal being that's lived, in air quotes, for millennia. So are you in this current form doing okay? 
in this current form, I am here and ready to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. So we are here basically because, or A, Rhea wanted to meet uh, Megan and Tonya, and I don't know how to meet people without recording it, so that's one thing. <laughs> um, and also because Rhea's got a new show idea, uh, which I thought we could do a nice little promo-ish conversation for that will turn to rambly nonsense so Rhea why don't you tell everyone your pitch for the show no pressure but everyone is now listening to you okay so yes I wanted to hijack and talk to these two wonderful women you're just sort of in the background Mike I'm just I've got um, I've, I've just functioned the mic that's it that's what I'm here for thanks for the platform now step aside see you guys later yeah. <laughs> you need to make space for the voices just so you know okay. um so yes so it is to be fair he does a really wonderful job that is true we won't bash you all, all night long <laughs> Just intimately. So, yes, I am starting a new show, which is specifically about women in film and watching film. So you may have heard me talk about it before. It is called Femme Oufil, or I don't know, because I I have trouble with the Oufil. Femme Oufil. Femme Oufil or Femme On Film, is that the two? Well, that's the current debate. That's what I'm figuring out. Like the Oufil makes it a bit fancy but also it means i have to keep them going Ooh, and i can't do it without doing a silly voice it's film film in french you're, you're a language teacher megan it's film film in french le femme, le it is isn't it? it's just got it's got le the accent film the film yeah film the film i don't know we you're, you're putting pressure on me i'm i'm predominantly yeah. a spanish teacher don't try and throw the you french at me three languages more than i do <laughs> please tell me the latin for <laughs> dolce et decorum est that's just a poem that i got taught at school you know a little bit of Harry Potter Latin, don't you? Yeah. I know see. spells. <laughs> I know spells. <laughs> I wouldn't really say that that's Harry Potter Latin. That's spells. <laughs> the spells are just Latin words. Alohomora. <laughs> is it like cause, uh, Vada Kedavra is basically turned into corpse in Latin? Because Kedavra is... Yeah. Yeah, so I think the, the Harry it Potter... It derives from Latin. Right. I, I don't I know how was... accurate it is for J.K. Let's Rowling. Ask, let's ask J- I know she listens to the show. J.K., <laughs> tell us about the spell. No, sorry, Rhea. Continue with Femme on all film. I mean, do we want to talk about problematic? JK Rowling anyway (laughs) that's a different discussion um so yeah basically it actually started from a conversation with Spider Dan about going on his show and I was suggesting films and basically they are in my opinion films that have been unfairly maligned so Jennifer's Body which is fucking badass Josie and the Pussycats and basically for me these films are ahead of their time well when they came out they're ahead of their time they're feminist as fuck and basically they were all unfairly maligned because they were films made for women about women about things to do with women so Josie you know female success female friendship um with primarily female audiences most of the critics of them were men who of course were like Ugh, I just don't care about this stupid fluffy stuff and I'm trying to reclaim it and just be like let's talk about these films let's go and watch them let's read a couple of the reviews that were most critical let's pull that apart and let's talk about why even if we don't like the film why they were ahead of their time or why there are imp- they why they are important feminist pieces so that's mm. a very rambly summary. So it's the fe- female perspective on panned female-led films? Not, nec- not even necessarily panned ones, but ones that are specifically for women mm. or about women or even made by women that because we don't get to have a voice as audiences or in cinema... Or even on screen. Yeah, exactly. That they're not given the the kudos they're supposed to, I guess, like a perfect example is, you know, although it's universally praised, is 
uh, Greta Gerwig's Little Women, right? So when it was coming up to the Oscars and all the awards and doing all the screeners, male journalists turned around and said, I am not going to go and watch this because it's called Little Women. It is for women. That's what? so stupid. Isn't that madness? Idiotic. I, I understand, unfortunately, in the sense of I know how stupid people can be, but uh, Lord, no. Unfortunately, I have not seen Little Women, so I feel like a hypocrite here. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, but, you've not, but the reason you've not seen it is not because you're like, oh, women, I'm not going to watch it. I mean, that is why. Yeah. Film with women. I mean, the thing is, I, I feel with, with that sort of line of thinking, um, one thing I... Like, I, I, I do not have that perspective, so I can't speak to most of those subjects. But I noticed that Birds of Prey, the Harley Quinn movie... That seemed to get panned really bad. I thought that was one of the best DC movies they've released since. It was the one Dark of the Knight best film. DC movies, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was like, I thought the soundtrack was phenomenal. I was driving Megan mad listening to that constantly. And I think it's all female artists on there, including Halsey, who is amazing. Um, and then you've got, you know, all the actresses in it, or actors and actresses, are all amazing in it. The whole film, the pacing's great, it's funny, it's enjoyable, it's got like everything I wanted and more from a film. And like, loads of people are like, oh, I don't really want to see that. Why? Don't really care. So. But you watched all the other DC movies, and some of them are terrible. And I just know, I know loads of people, mainly men, that I know, who've just seen basically all the DC films, but not that one. And I saw quite a lot of criticals, uh, critics, like, maybe not quite pan it, but not give it great ratings. And I was just like, I, I, so that's a film, which if you want my perspective on as a, you know, cisgendered white man, woo, you know, not enough of those opinions on the internet. Um, <laughs> if you wanted that, Birds of Prey, because I think that is a hugely underrated film. I've got somebody I want to line up for Birds of Prey and um, for, oh God, New Mutants as well. I've not approached her yet, though. I follow her on Twitter. Ooh. I'm basically like a weird Twitter stalker and she's like <laughs> 15 years younger than me as well. But I just think she's amazing. So um, I don't know what her Twitter handle is at the moment, actually, because she's changed it. She's called Millicent Thomas and she's like really young and fresh and like quite a lefty liberal like me so that's great but she started off doing some film and game journalism and and talks very passionately about those two films now I don't particularly like either of those two films not for any bad reason I don't think they're the most shittest thing that I've ever seen I think they're both just a bit messy in the way they've been made I've watched them both and it was fine they filled some time but you know I'm not raving about them and that's okay because other people are raving about them and that makes me happy and she loves those films and I love that you know, I wonder if there's something missing there for me that she's seeing. And isn't that amazing? And I think that should be celebrated. And I think that's often where women's voices, specifically when talking about film and other media, we get drowned out because our voices, especially young women, aren't seen as being important. And actually she's seeing something in both of these two films that's not working for me. And I think that should be explored and talked about. And I think that's amazing because what makes us all exciting and interesting is that we all like different things. So just so I'm fully aware, and I will stop talking because I've realised I've almost spoken the most here, and I'm not meant to be, um, is, so it seems like, one, you're trying to basically be able to look at a film and not critique it because, in, in then not critique it in a negative way for the wrong reasons. So in essence, if you look at a film and you go, oh, Birds of Prey is good because of this, but the problems are the editing or it's messy or whatever, rather than being one of those reviewers who goes, ah, the women in it are crap. You, you know what I'm kind of trying to say in a sense of being able to review it correctly in a way so the thing is with films made by women starring women right so Catherine Bigelow makes Near Dark an amazing film 
she goes ahead and makes Hurt Locker, another amazing mm. film. But what is the in-between time in that? It's years and years and years in between all of these films that she's making. You know, she, she's doing some other stuff, right? She is considered successful. She's made a handful of films, right? Got a handful of awards, considered successful. Now, that's shocking. That I mean, she's incredibly talented, but that she's made not been given the opportunity to make any more films than that now other female directors or writers they make films that are just mediocre or they're not that great now they are are wiped off they never get to make films again or it takes 20 years 25 years 30 years 40 years now so many of you boring white men make films that are shit all the time and get to make one a year later nobody goes oh that was a bit shit you're never going to get to make a film again what happens to women is they go, that was shit. That's because you're a woman and nobody wants to see anything made by That's women. That's why women can't do films. Like they just yep. take it as this one bad situation is why we can't have this happen. It's the same thing with people of color. It's really just keep the minorities down, keep the oppressed down, give them one shot. And if they don't blow it out of the park, that's it. You had your shot. This is why we never let you have a shot. Yep. And you represent that whole group as well. So you're representative, so you're representative of women, you're representative of, of women of colour, you're representative of women of South Asian descent. Like it's it's one person has to be representative of all these groups. Right. And it's like, oh, by the way, there's lots of people in those groups. It's a lot of weight to carry. <laughs> yeah. Anything to add? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you, have to. you just sat there looking really like I'm nice. just listening. I know. That's perfectly fine. Yeah, you know, I just want, don't want to talk over. I don't want to be the guy who, you know, sits in the podcast with you. And then I'm like, okay, sorry. Yeah, let me talk. Sorry, the men are talking. No, what, you're, just... what you're doing is trying to force me to speak. I'm just happy listening at the moment. Just happy, happy. Yeah, I, I've thought it is one of those uh, things. I thought about it when I was speaking to the guys from the In the Black podcast, where it's one of those things where... If anyone who isn't a white man makes anything, they have to represent everyone and then they get critiqued with everyone. It's like, you know, if... It's true for the queer community yeah, too. It is ba- anyone who's basically not a straight white man. It's, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's almost like, if I go out in public and I'm really horribly racist and beat someone up and do all these things, they go, oh, that guy's crazy. But then if someone who's, say, a person of colour does that, then a lot of people will go... Oh look, they look what they're doing to the, you know all these groups of people of color, and you're like, well, how how is it that this individual represents all these people, and you hold everyone accountable for this one individual's behavior? But when it's a, like the white person, mainly white men, it's the kind of the opposite. It's like, oh no, he was just an outlier. It, it happens right, just a, lot a bad seed that one. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's also just the phrase. Oh, it's just boys being boys. Yeah. It's like, no. Yeah. No. You hear that all the, the time. The guy's, the guy's a bell end. Like, it's not just boys being boys. He's an arsehole. <laughs> yeah, it's like, how often has Hollywood and audiences forgiven Mel Gibson? As far as I'm concerned, he shouldn't be in any films. He should not be making money. I'm not saying he can't be redeemed, because I do believe in redemption, but he's not shown any of that. And yet he continues to get to be in films. Now, if that was a woman or a person of colour, look what happened to Ray Fisher. He spoke out about what happened to him mm-hmm. and he's not getting it. He wasn't getting any more work until it's come to a head years and years later. And that's bullshit. And he just spoke up about protecting himself. He wasn't he didn't mm-hmm. attack anybody. He didn't hurt anyone who didn't deserve it. He didn't make an ass of himself. He just spoke. And people just didn't believe him. Why? And it's because he was black. Hmm. Yeah, and I find with uh, one thing that's always um, 
really aggravated me is the uh, artist, well, I call him an artist, that's being nice. The uh, musician, I don't know, Chris Brown. Like, I don't understand how he's got away with everything he's ever got away with. And I'm, like, sickened to even know his music's still playing on the radio. And we wasn't it weird? Because when we were at... Me and Megan were at Pop World before COVID, so, you know, 5,000 years ago. <laughs> and uh, one song that Megan likes is Remix to Ignition. Well, by- so, my favourite drunk song to dance to is Remix to Ignition by R. Kelly. So, obviously, I don't, I don't condone anything that R. Kelly has done. But I love that song. I don't. It's just. It's just my jam. They don't play that mute. They. If you ask them to play it, they refuse to play it. They're not allowed to play it anymore. Yet stuff like Chris, Chris Brown's Brown. music is still allowed to be played. And I don't understand why it's okay for this one artist. Again, I don't condone anything that any of those people have done. But I don't understand why it's not okay to play R. Kelly's song, but it is okay to play Chris Brown's song when. They've both done awful things. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, women are constantly silenced. And con- I'm very angry at the moment, by the way, because of everything that's going on in the UK with our horrendous prime minister uh, Dominic Raab, who is a, a minister over here, uh, said today that uh, misogyny is terrible for both men and women. I and this. I basically <laughs> wanted to stab myself in the face. Um, and we've had a recent. I think you need to turn that for women. that blade. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, we've had a recent spate of murders of of women as well, where the police haven't handled it well. Some recent advice they gave us was so in in, in one of them, the murderer was a policeman, and he mm-hmm. premeditated to grab somebody and rape and kill them. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying his name on purpose, and. The advice after his trial was that women shouldn't trust police. If they don't trust police officers, they should run and flag down buses. And I was like, right. So but once again, the onus is on yeah. the woman to make sure that this doesn't happen rather than here's a thought. Teach your sons not to do that. Yeah. How about we actually just convict terrible men who do terrible things? But no, we don't. It's all women, isn't it? It's all us. We shouldn't walk late at night. We shouldn't wear particular You shouldn't clothing. wear that. Yeah. You shouldn't be alone. You should, you should do all of these things to prevent yourself from being a victim. Or we could focus on who's actually causing the situation, which isn't the victim. Exactly. So that's just my basis of I'm quite angry right now. I've been feeling a lot of anger <laughs> the past few weeks, as I feel like a lot of women have. So that's and I'm okay with that coming across, I think. I mean, I get the privilege of being a white woman, of being allowed to be angry. So, you know, I am going to hold my hands up and recognise that. But, yes, a lot of the things, as you can tell, I'm getting quite passionate about, is the word I would say. Um, you know, and things like people like Chris Brown being allowed to continue to make music and his music to be played. You know, I know he's not my jam either, but Woody Allen, I don't, like any Woody Allen films I actually think he's incredibly mediocre and for some reason people keep on giving him money to make films you know it shocks me that people continue to support him and be in his films and watch his films and you know it's up to each individual to make those choices but I think that we forgive men white men so much and we don't do that for women and that's sort of the whole trying to bring it back because I'm trying to like be a bit more considered in in what I talk about in podcasts is that sort of some of the genesis of 
what I want to talk about as well. Like I imagine lots of the conversations we're having about films would be going somewhere else. So Tonya, I'm really excited to talk to you about Greece too, because we because <laughs> I've not seen it since I was a teenager and I was talking to Tony, Tony Farina about this. Um that I watched it as like a really young teenager. My friend was obsessed with it. And every time we'd have a sleepover, we'd watch it. So that's the only memory I have of it. And I don't remember it particularly well. And he was saying, basically, Michelle Pfeiffer's character, like it's all about her owning herself and having sex and all of these sort of things. It completely went over my head as a teenager, like really young, like 12, 13 teenager. So I'm really excited to watch it. It's about her not letting anyone else define her. Right. Even though... It may not be the popular choice in school, even though she has to give up some of her status, she's going to be who she is. So I'm really, really excited about watching that and seeing that for myself through a different lens as well, because I think that's Mm -hmm. what's really important. I think I definitely did this as a teenager in my early 20s. I got caught up in the I'm not like other girls narrative, you know, (laughs) which in truth I was because I like what is considered girly things but you know you try to push back against all these boxes and boundaries that are put on you right and so I'm really interested to watch it now when I like massively embrace these things and and see what my opinion is going to be so I'm very excited about that is Greece one like the opposite is Greece two like the opposite of Greece one because like Greece one's like super misogynistic it's not quite the opposite but it is in the first one you have the girl changing everything to please this boy. She just gives up who she is, her entire identity. It's the whole Little Mermaid thing. I'm going to give up all of my gifts to be with this boy. But in Greece too, he's the one who changes. But he's still, by the end, we get both sides of him rather than him giving up half of who he is. She likes that he's smart. She likes that he's a brain. He doesn't decide, well, I guess I'm just going to be a greaser now so that I can be with this girl. She gets the complete package, but he's the one who puts in the effort to change to be with her. Yeah, because I've not seen Grease 1, I don't think. You've seen it, haven't you? Great. Normal Grease? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have I seen it? Of course I've seen it. But absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> <when> <laughs> I, I, I knew you had. I was As if up. you just asked me whether I've seen Grease. Yes, of course I've seen Grease. I have seen Grease 2, but it was a very, very long time ago. And, and I you were 12, 13. I think I was even younger than that, to be honest. I don't, I don't really remember it all. The I know that the only character that's in it from the first film is is it Frenchie? Is that her name? Yeah, that's yes. the only one that's the same from the from the original movie. Not that I've seen either one. Wait, it's good wrap out. Um, but yeah, no, I don't, I don't remember that film whatsoever. So, but I have seen Greece. It's weird because I did a. I did a blog post on that when I was just playing around with blogging, when I was trying to figure out what I was doing as a writer. It's like, all right, let me throw this out in the world. This is before I even had my own Ms. Tanya Todd website. I was hiding my, you know, I used Sin City Cinephile as my moniker because I didn't want it to be connected to me because I didn't know what I was doing yet. But it's still my most popular blog post. I, I get hits on it weekly. And it's years ago that I put that out. I don't even know how people are finding it. That's what I'm so I'm not alone in loving Greece too. <laughs> we need to link to that in the show notes. We. I think we need to get those. <laughs> That's what I'm here. <laughs> right, I'll make a note. That's all I'm here for. Make a note. Thank we, you. It's we, French. <laughs> May yeah. we. There you go. That's what I've got. I've got my note from my black notebook. I'm just going to make notes about how I'm wrong in lots of different ways, my, my stupid thoughts on things, and then what to add in. That's First it. of all, you're wrong because you haven't seen Greece. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of films I haven't seen. But you haven't seen more films, so... Yeah. Yeah, but it's not quantity. Yeah, is quality. It? 
She hasn't right. seen a lot of quality films, to be fair. I want to be honest here. I love Megan the Pieces, but she's not seen many good films. She's seen about a billion chick flicks, but not even some of the best ones. You hadn't even seen The Holiday before meeting yeah, me. Yeah, but I don't really like The Holiday that How much. dare you? Yeah, Did you Holiday's hear that? not that great. She's seen a million chick flicks. This is why yeah. we're doing this. Exactly. Because of the way you refer to chick flicks like it's yeah. a chick flick. Yeah. I actually watched them. Like, I, I <laughs> no, what was your point because with that? chick flicks is a genre. It's, it's rom-com, isn't it? But it's because Mike hates women. That's not true. It's, it's like a rom com, but the thing is, it's a chick flick. I think what makes it a chick flick is generally the the plot focusing more on the woman and her relationship, whereas a rom com, in my wrong opinion, is more so as a general thing. Like for example, Forty Year Old Virgin is a rom com. That's definitely not a chick flick. But Bridget Jones's uh, Diary, I would class that as a chick flick, even though it's also a rom com. Do you not? I mean, you're so right. right. And I would really love to have had this conversation before we were recording because I'm going to be Googling afterwards and furiously messaging you all about where the term chick flick comes Please from. Please do. Because it would be really interesting to see who made that up. My, my sister-in-law came up with the term dick flick uh, and she said that's like a the opposite. She was, she was like, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. She was like, that's a dick super flick. Super bad. Or like, a super bad kind of, but that's like a teen, yeah, but that's a teen comedy because like America, I would say that film's more aimed at boys. Yeah, but so is American Pie. Yeah, M- most teen most teen movies, I'd say there's only like one in ten are equals aimed at women. Like Easy A is a Kraken film, but how many films can we name? Well, isn't that pretty true across the board, no matter the yeah. genre? Well, superhero <laughs> films was it? There's like two or three I mean- <laughs> female-led superhero films of the what forty we've had in the last like two decades. Yeah. It's absolutely atrocious, isn't it? It's it's completely mad. So I because apparently I like to make, make myself feel a bit sad every now and then. I like to go on the Women in, T- Women in TV and Film website and they'll do yearly statistics about who were who has made films, who's like done music for films, costuming, and of course, who has been in films in terms of female protagonists. So I thought for this, I'll just go and have a quick look. Um, and an excerpt from their, I think it's their latest, is... The percentage of top-grossing films with female protagonists dropped dramatically from 40% in 2019 to 29% in 2020. 49% of films featured male protagonists and 22 had ensembles. So that's That's not even a third. I know. Absolutely shocking. Just... (laughs) And it's like... So we know that more women than men go to the cinema... So we know that that's facts. It's 51% of women go to the cinema. So we are the major audience. Yet in 2020, women only took up 29% of protagonists in the top grossing films. This is in the US. It might be different somewhere else, but let's face it, it's not going to be, is it? That's crazy. That also, aren't there more women on earth than men as well? Isn't there isn't a percentage There is, yeah. It also matches up to the 51%. And you live longer. So you spend more time on Earth, you create life, you spend more time on Earth, and there's more of you, but you get less stuff. That's fairness. That's what we call it. Us white men. And we have to pay more for the things that we get. Oh, don't even fucking get me started on that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just fueling her passion. Yeah, you really are. (laughs) Tampons are a luxury item, aren't they? (laughs) Oh, I love my super silky tampon. Mm, Every month I can't wait. So comfy. (laughs) Luxury, better than just dripping on the floor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my! Oh my gosh! That's, what I'm here for. <laughs> that's how that's how almost the government looks at it. They 
Too yeah, but far, they, mate. If they're classing a tampon as a luxury item, then in theory, the non-luxury is toilet roll, which is not hygienic and you'd have to change that constantly and all kinds of problems, or nothing, or a moon cup. So it's just like... and I th- Let me just say this is a piece of the conversation I didn't expect today. <laughs> That's my fault. That's what I'm here for. I sure didn't expect Mike to be the one leading it. <laughs> I don't want moon cups. I'm ahead of the curve. <laughs> I so I have the coil, so I can't wear a I can't wear a moon cup or anything similar because my doctor told me that if you don't take it outright with such an it can pull your uh, your coil out, oh. and I was like, fuck that. Oh, that sounds absolutely awful. fuck that. Can you imagine just like oh. Yeah, oh. <laughs> that the most hideous thing. See, and men don't have to worry about this, and this is what's annoying about the abortion bullshit happening right is that men you can just spunk all over the place and have absolutely no responsibilities for women it's always our everything's our responsibility constantly always it's so fucking tiring it's our responsibility not to get raped or sexually assaulted or murdered it's our responsibility to look after all of the children in the world and then if we can't look after them then that's our fault and that's all our responsibility anyway then there's all the emotional fucking work that women have to do that the patriarchal society just puts on us which is we're supposed to be emotionally intelligent all the time sometimes i don't want to be emotionally intelligent i just want to tell everybody fuck right off you know <laughs> even if you don't want megan if you even if you think you're a feminist you know does megan do more of the housework does she do more of the emotional work but you, you know you're shaking your heads but it, you know that does happen yeah, yeah. you know emotional women work, end up emotional yeah. you know women end up looking after parents they look, end up being carers more than more than men all of this sort of shit we have to do all the work constantly if we want change women have to do it you can just sit on your fucking asses and do nothing i mean it's great when you don't but also fuck don't leave it to us to do it all the time i'm sorry that's why i had the you represent you represent all men i do I really hope I don't. I've got a lot to. If I have to try and apologise for everything men have ever done, there's not a podcast in this world long enough. Jesus Christ! Uh, What are you doing? (laughs) But like a serious question, I have to ask myself this because I get angry about it, and I I consider myself a feminist. I consider myself, you know, very to the left, and I have to sit there and I go, what am I actively doing? to make the world a better place. Now, we talked about this on the Mouse podcast, and I thought Tony said some great things. But if you're not doing something, either to change yourself or challenge the world around you, you're not doing anything at all. And therefore, you know, if you are a man, and even if you don't mean to, your other half that you are with, who is a woman, because obviously, you know, this is all based on heterosexual relationships, does more of the housework, does more of the emotional baggage stuff, then you are not a feminist because you are not sharing. You are not taking on the responsibility of 50-50. Yeah, I mean, I haven't got an explanation for that. I want to clarify. (laughs) I was about to say something, but I probably shouldn't. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I do agree in in a sense of there's a lot of weight that comes with even the word feminist. Like, I know women, in fact, well, Megan, why don't you tell your opinions on this rather than me speaking for you? Because you've I, got some interesting opinions on this. I don't have that many interesting opinions. All your opinions are interesting. <laughs> I, I struggle with the word feminist solely because, obviously, I believe in equal rights. I think that women should have equal rights and I believe we should have the same as men. There's a stigma There's a stigma, it, yeah. So uh, the problem is, is that when... 
not when it first became a hype because that makes it sound like it's a fad and it shouldn't be because equal rights should literally just be the case across the board regardless of gender right. regardless of race regardless of sexuality etc cetera, etc cetera. but i struggle with the word feminist solely because you have in every scenario there are always going to be extremists so there are obviously the the feminists that want to have more than men and want men to like literally burn and die and it's just like that's not feminism because what you're doing is you're kind of trying to put yourself above men exactly what men are doing to us which isn't equal so yes i i am a feminist because obviously i agree in equal rights but i struggle with the term because of as you said tonya the stigma even the stigma if a guy like if a guy says they're a feminist you're immediately basically called a beta cuck. That's immediately just straight away. Like, I would not call myself a feminist on the basis that the stigma that comes to comes around a man that is calling himself a feminist, either he's considered as a beta male or something, which doesn't bother me, or he seems like one of those guys, like a nice guy, who's only saying he's a feminist to get into the pants of a woman, and then he's going to be the kind of guy who's actually going to take advantage. You know, that's why air quotes nice guys isn't helpful with an audio podcast sometimes. Um... <laughs> But yeah, it's the feminist word. As a, if you're a man who calls you a feminist, you're basically called the derogatory term pussy. And then yeah, if yeah. a woman's called if a woman calls herself a feminist, she's immediately. Linked. And why is that derogatory? Well, exactly. That's an, that's why I said it's a derogatory term because I was like, once again, it's that thing that Betty White said. She was like, "Why is a pussy considered something weak? Pussies are strong. They take a pounding. They create life. What do men's balls do? <laughs> Nothing. You look at them funny, and then they shrivel up. And it's like men's balls are like the weakest things on the planet. Well, like, but you call someone a ball bag, and it's equivalent to being a dick, not the equivalent to being the term pussy. So it's a, it's like every layer that you look at it is just. With a woman beat corners of feminist, you get labelled as the worst possible feminist. Rather than being the majority, you get looked at the the minority that's in air quotes the worst, and that's yeah. how you get labelled with. And that's that seems to be what we started the conversation well, with. Well, I'm a feminist and I'm not afraid to say it. Yes. And if yeah. if someone puts a stigma on me, that's on them. Exactly. Exactly. I agree. I mean, I get the struggle. I have many friends who say they 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 aren't feminists or then won't say they're feminists because they believe in equality. And I just say, well, that's what feminism is. Right. Like, just, I mean, like, literally, just do a quick Google. You just want to have the same rights. Yeah. That's yeah. all. That's, that's all it means. That's you want it. to have the same rights. It doesn't mean you want to have more. It doesn't mean you want to hold anyone down. It means that you just want the equivalent. And we want men you to care be about too. female rights. Like, yeah. you don't have to be the thing. Just care about female rights. That's it. But like, that's it. And it, it empowers everybody, you know? Men have the highest rate of suicide. Why is that? Because they're told that they're not allowed to have emotions because they're female, they're womanly, they're girly. And we're saying all of that's bullshit. Give us the same rights. We'll teach you. We'll figure it out for you. Come on. We'll, we'll fucking sort it out because we're, I was about to say, we're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Better than all of you. <laughs> Goes against my point. Out <laughs> of interest, do you think with the internet, do you think things are getting better or do you think that things are getting better at the same rate at the other end they're also getting worse so as like an equal they're not really changing that much to any three of you i, I don't know <laughs> why don't you put your hand up and i'll point to one of you and i'll make the decision yes is that what i'm here for just choose i don't want to point pick on you because it feels like i'm taking away well, you, from the you asked such a specific question Ooh. and there's no like one way to answer i know that. i'm sorry i think the problem is is that uh, <laughs> you think it's this or this very different thing but it can't possibly be anything in between those <laughs> I, think, I think the difficult thing is is that obviously there's so much information online and there's so much stuff 
So I think in some senses it is getting better, but then in others, social media sucks. So like yeah. as, as a teacher and seeing like how obsessed students are with their phones and how obsessed, especially the girls are with how they are portrayed on social media. I think there obviously is way more access and way more like information out there for them to learn and to grow as individuals. But then there's also way more negative influences that can have an impact on kids. It's well, kids specifically for me, because obviously I'll work with them, but hmm. I don't know. Maria, Tonya, thoughts? I mean, and I think I completely agree. I both love social media because I think at the heart of it, it's supposed to be an amazing tool that connects us all. And is, as is the internet and, all of that sort of stuff but you know it's not being harnessed in that way at all um and in fact it's the classic people just shouting at each other I'm not original in saying that I know everybody says that about social media but you know for me bringing it back that's why representation matters and that's why representation needs to be in everything else because you know we know that people find they do spend time on social media but they also walk down the street and see billboards and see you know advertisements so representation matters in that we film and tv representation matters in that in in podcasting and radio representation matters in that so you know we need to harness everything together to make everybody belong and i know that's incredibly idealistic and i know that's not how the world works but it is how the world should work and wouldn't social media be a much nicer place if everybody was represented anyway and so we didn't have to have all these shouting matches at each other. We didn't have to shout in a void to feel validated. Yes. <laughs> um, and the reason I'm even talking is because I'm the host. So when it's, things go quiet, it's like I feel like I should say something. Well, it, linking back to the, the films that have interest, what are your opinions on films that are female-led reboots in a sense? So there's Ocean 7 and there's the Ghostbusters movie. I've not seen Ocean 7. I, Ocean's oh, Eight. I know, you keep on saying Ocean's Eight. I've said that so many times on different <laughs> podcasts. I'm sorry, I haven't even seen it. I've seen Ocean, I've only seen like the first Ocean's movie. Oh, okay. you're not even talking about it. You're getting the name wrong. I know, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not that much a yeah. fan of the movie franchise. That sounds about But right, I will say the it? Ghostbusters thing, yeah, I actually am probably one of the only people I seem to know who genuinely really, really enjoys the, the female-led Ghostbusters. But obviously in that, like a lot of people hated that and a lot of the shtick came online before the film came out or anything like that at all. So it was like all these, like all this immediate hate for a female reboot. And I didn't know what, as women, your guys' opinions of female reboots were. Overall? I don't know. I'm just throwing ideas out. And I, <laughs> I, I, thoughts? Do you, do you think the Ghostbusters, like, okay, with the female Ghostbusters reboot as an example. So is that like... That I feel like people were shunning before anyone had an opportunity to have an opinion about it. It's like, what is what is so horrible about this movie that we're being told it's awful before we get a chance to see it? And you watch it, and it's fine. There was nothing horrible about it. It wasn't an amazing movie, but it also wasn't a terrible movie. It was fine. And as we were saying earlier, there are tons of white male movies that are just fine, and they get to go on and make other fine movies. And not fine in the British sense, fine in the American <laughs> sense, which means okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've also been notified by Megan, sadly, that I forgot to get Tonya to introduce herself. So I want to formally apologise for that oh, straight yeah. away. I, I'm doing a terrible job here. 
Who am I? I just, I, just, I wanted to do it discreetly because I didn't want to be rude. But I like just wrote like a little message on my phone. I was like, Mike. I'm sorry. It's because I introduced the program. And now he has announced it. I'm sorry. It was... I'm sorry, it's because we introduced Rhea and then we started talking about stuff. So I want to formally apologise to anyone listening. I can't hear anything. Nope. Oh, Rhea's gone. I'm trying mm. to apologise. Rhea's oh, no. not listening. All right, so so why don't you say who I okay. am? God. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's, this is how. This is your penance. Okay. Do you even know who I am? Um, well, yeah, I do. I'm trying to think how to introduce you. I mean, you're uh, Tonya Todd. You are the podcaster, uh, author, um, overall incredibly intelligent individual and a delight to have on the podcast. Is that good? I don't... It was, it was fine. I introducing people so much. I'm just like, kidding. Max, I, I'm Max, sorry. That was Max mean. of um, Comics in Motion of Mandatory Marvel and DC. He does some of the greatest intros on the planet. He's like, he, he nails them. He's so nice. And it's like, early on I realised in my podcasting career I shouldn't introduce people because I just do a terrible job. It's stressful, isn't it? You, you don't label you, them. Like I don't want to say right. I don't want to apply these things to this person, but you don't want to just read their bio either, because you know anyone can read that. Yeah, I normally kind of let people. I, I normally preface before recording with someone. I'll be like, "Hey, uh, you know, I'll get you to introduce yourself, so you can kind of, you know, because if you just say to someone, oh, this is blah blah,' they're an author, and then it's like." There's so much more to me than that. I don't count myself as an author first and foremost. I count myself as right. all these other things. So it's like, I, I don't... So you let them introduce themselves and say what, you know, yeah. they want people to know about them in the moment. Because yeah. for someone like me, I'm involved in a lot of different things. So why am I here today? Not because I'm a podcaster. You know, <laughs> that has nothing to do with today. You're here for your perspective today. That's what... Right. What I'm, I'm, and to I'm here because I lack... The one thing that gets people ahead in the world, a penis. <laughs> yeah, the thing that probably hinders humanity the most at the same time. It's quite a weird thing, isn't it? <laughs> Do you know what? The only, the only, this is like... I think she can hear again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, the only thing that I would be interested in having a penis for is so that I can just go to the toilet wherever. Because, like, if I'm walking in the new forest... Sometimes I need the toilet, and it is a massive pain to go to the toilet as a girl. If you're a guy, see that's not the only reason I would want out. a penis. I, <laughs> if I could have a boy-girl gun, I would totally use it because wouldn't you want to experience sex as a man and as a woman to know the difference? See what is I th- the I don't think you guys are what makes out. men so stupid? I don't think, you know? like, I don't think you're missing deal? out. I've got to be honest, as a guy, as a as a dude, compared to what I've noticed about women, <laughs> men don't have as much of a good time, which is really weird considering men seem to make the biggest fuss in the public eye about sex yet seemingly they can experience it in the standard sense not speaking not speaking about the anus oh no no i'm bisexual so it would be really interesting to be able to experience both from both perspectives yeah i mean that that would be a very interesting thing i actually had an idea you know for research (laughs) purely for research (laughs) i think i'm in on that research too that sounds fantastic i mean i I would love to turn to a woman for a day and yeah Probably just be in the front of a mirror the whole time, but you totally just touch your own boobs, wouldn't oh, you? Oh yeah, boobs are great. They're the best. <laughs> they are great. They're very comfortable. Yeah, well, I used to have I boobs when I was like ten, but they weren't the same kind. <laughs> they were ones that hurt when I jogged. Um, <laughs> classic. That's my nickname in school, Booby Boy Burton. That's genuinely oh, true. Yeah. It's so mean, isn't it? It was great. So could I get personality like this from having a childhood where everyone likes you? <laughs> That's not what happens. <laughs> if everyone liked me. I'd be like a chad or something. Um, but I did have this idea ages ago 
Probably about 10 years. No, it was when Netflix was still a thing, so... When Netflix was still a thing. No, it was years thing. ago, but when Netflix was still about. So, I don't know, six years ago? Ten? Who knows? Um, I had an idea of, wouldn't it be an interesting... I don't know if there's a book out that does this, but if just overnight something crazy happened in the world and everyone's gender just swapped like that, just immediately, everyone just woke up and was the other gender. I'd Obviously, people who are trans or otherwise, it would be slightly more complicated. Yeah. But excluding that element, just people who are cisgendered, you know, male or female, if they all just swapped, like, overnight, how the world would be impacted? Because, you know, there's... Obviously, people in power are primarily men. And the people who keep the power are primarily men. And there's obviously a lot of other countries which have certain religions and otherwise that downtrodden... that make women uh, second-class citizens and all these things. So I wonder, like... I've always thought... I, I, I don't know if there is a book, if anyone knows of one, or something, some sort of media. I was thinking of, like, a Netflix show where, like, every episode's, like, an hour. There's, like, ten of them, and it just shows you a different point in the world. So, like... Like a Black Mirror episode? Yeah, yeah, but, like, a series. And you could see, like, oh, what is, like... um you know, what is America like if you just flip the genders overnight? And then what would, like, you know, England be like? But then you could also go to certain countries. Start working on your pitch, Mike. <laughs> I mean, I've got lots of crazy I think there's ideas. an audience for this. I think that'd be such a cool idea. But me as a person, I'm like, I can't write something like that because I, I want someone with a different perspective. A white man writing that story is the central theme well, of the problem. Well, television usually has a team of writers, so you could be on the team. Just me and... Okay, so we've got Megan, <laughs> we've got Tonya. Okay. We'll have Tony come along. He's he's an ally. Oh, yeah, he'd be great. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. We're sort of that. It kind of makes me think a little bit of the Mallory Blackman books that are... Is it Noughts and Crosses? Except that's to do with race, not gender. Oh, I've heard about it's those. swapped the other there's way there's around. a series about that now as well. Yeah. I, I, don't, I haven't seen them. I've heard good things, though. I've only read the books. Huh. Very long time ago, but yeah, because wasn't was that with, were races swapped or was it what if um, black individuals was more? It's it's majority? as if as if the white people were the minority and black people were the people in power the other way around. Right, I see. But yeah, that kind of makes me think of that. The only other thing that I can think of that's like to do with gender isn't there like a Roald Dahl book where a a kid wakes up and he's suddenly a girl. <laughs> I can't remember. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I've read, I don't know. I've read a fair I could amount. be making that up. I've read a fair amount of Roald Dahl. I don't think I've read it. Yeah, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Well, that's it. If anyone's listened to this podcast and comes up with the idea, I want at least a special thanks. Some banging ideas. I thought it would be quite interesting. There's the book The Power by Naomi Alderman, which is, I don't know if any of you have read, but it's very, very good. And basically it's women start to develop a power, funnily enough, um, which is like literally sort of, you know, like a mutant power electricity and it's about gender. So even even trans people get it as well. Um, and it's how you, you, you're you taken through the journey of women starting to discover they get this power and then how the world changes because of it. And it's it, that's a really, really interesting look at it, you know, sort of, and it goes across the world as well. So different countries, different religions, um, different beliefs. And that's a really interesting look at it. So even though it's not a gender swap, it is literally about if women started to gain the same sort of power that men have, what would happen? I don't necessarily agree with the ending of the book, which I won't spoil, but I feel like it's it's reach, it's doing a Tony, it's reaching, it's reaching a little bit. Um, but I think it's a, it's a really, really interesting look at gender and hierarchy and and switching that around so that would be my recommendation and would you say it was cool i'll write it down put in the show notes the power by i think it's oh yeah the power by naomi alderman i, I get people's names wrong all the time so that's why i had a quick look that's fine it kind of makes me think of something that i think 
Tonya turned me on to because of Indie Comic Spotlight, um, which is it's a comic or a graphic novel called Black, and it's by Kwanzaa, and I may pronounce his surname incorrectly, um, Osagiefo. If apologies if I'm mispronouncing that. And that's the end of part one. Thanks as always for tuning in, guys. As I said in the intro, if you want to hear part two, either wait one week and it will be on this very feed or go over to patreon.com slash genuine chit chat, contribute as little as one pound a month, and then you'll get access to the full unsplit conversation of this one, loads of previous unsplit conversations as well, and also lots of bonus content, which me and Megan record on a weekly basis for your listening pleasure. So if you want to hear more from Megan that you don't really get anywhere else, then consider checking out my Patreon. It would be delightful and we'd love to have you. So what have we got coming up in part two? So as I said in the intro, it's basically a continuation of this conversation. And we do kind of loop background and talk about Femon Film again. Rhea talks about some of the films she's hoping to tackle in Femon Film, including Jennifer's Bodies being one of them. Uh, we then speak about women in horror, sex scenes, words that are used to describe men and then women and some of the contradictions within them. Uh, and then, you know, that takes up the majority of the conversation. And then the last like five or ten minutes, we talk about orgies, which is a lot of fun and it's silly and it jumps off the conversation that I had with Rhea a couple episodes ago where we spoke about Jeff Goldblum at an orgy. Well, that conversation continues and that's completely down to me because I brought it up. Uh, So if you want to hear about all those things, obviously make sure you check it out next week or go over to Patreon. So aside from that, guys, obviously check out Tonya's amazing podcast, the 52 Love podcast. Link to that is in the description. But anyway, you listen to this podcast, you'll be able to hear Tonya's. You can see the video versions on YouTube or you can just listen to the audio only versions on Spotify and all those usual podcast apps. And then Rhea's podcast, as I said, she's in a few different shows. Obviously, Femon Film is going to be out over the next coming weeks. Uh, but at the moment, one of the main shows she contributes to is Pop Gorillas. And it's an excellent show. You can either find them on Comics in Motion or they have their own podcast feed as well. And they basically do a spoiler free review of a movie or a book or a tv series and they make it last less time than it takes to listen to a song so they're normally between like two or three minutes long it's either jack who's been on the show Rhea, who obviously has been on the show and then tony farina who's been on the show numerous times and hosts indie comic spotlight so these three people they release them quite frequently and they're really really good so if there's a film coming out you're not sure about you can just listen to like two minutes of someone briefly talking about it and it can kind of push you whether or not you want to go see it or not uh, they are actually one of the key reasons I ended up watching Ted Lasso, the series, and I absolutely love Ted Lasso. It's on Apple TV. You can get a seven uh, day free trial for Apple TV and you can just watch Basically, Ted Lasso is like 10 episodes per season. There are two seasons out and each episode is about half an hour long. I really, really, really recommend Ted Lasso. And I want to thank Rhea for pointing me in that direction, as well as Chris Brayton of the I Like to Like Things podcast, because I think both of those mentioned uh, Ted Lasso. But yeah, aside from that, guys, what have we got coming up? So I've got a podcast recorded with a person called Kim. She is the host of the Hush podcast. Uh, We speak for about an hour about sex and positivity and sort of some of the stigmas that come along with both sex in itself, but also talking about sex. Uh, So that's quite an interesting one. That is going to be out, I imagine, after part two drops on this feed, so probably in two weeks' time. Uh, I've then got a conversation due next week with a person who is an artist for Star Wars comics. So this person draws many of the characters that are great in the Star Wars comics, and the little hint there is in the War of the Bounty Hunters crossover event, uh, which spans over five different comics, four ongoing series and one miniseries, they are one of the artists 
artists for that. So I'm um, very excited to speak to that person. Um, aside from that, I've got a conversation due with Frank Burton once again. He's come on the show a few times over the four years I've been doing this. Uh, he's got a new book out. It's a new audio book. You can listen completely for free, either on Bandcamp or on the feed of Ragabag, which is his podcast. So anyway, you listen to this, you can also find that. Five parts. It's called Getting Away With It. It's really, really good. It's a free audio book. Um, or you can go on Bandcamp and name your price if desired. But you can just listen to it for free on his podcast feed. I really, really recommend it. It's, it's a surprising book and it, it's really, really cool. I thoroughly enjoyed listening to that. Um, as well as that, I've got a few other things in the pipeline. I've got a couple of other people who have agreed to come on the show. Uh, I've got returning guest Brad Sugars. He should be coming on the show over the next month or two. He came on the show, you know, I think about a year and a half, two years ago, I believe. Um, I've also got, there's an author who's going to be coming on the show who sat down and speaks with psychopaths. So very interested to speak with that individual. Uh, and then I've also got a few other plans as we get nearer Christmas. Uh, I want Chris Brayton to come on the show again. He's had this incredible weight loss journey. So I want to talk to him about that. And um, I'm also planning on having one of my friends, uh, Ben of Star Wars Timeline. He's going to come on the show before the end of the year as well, because he's graciously had me on his show twice so far. And I'm going on a show another two times. The first time I went on a show, we spoke about the three different Star Wars trilogies, obviously prequels, original and sequels. And then we've done a couple more episodes just specifically talking about the individual sequel movies. So the one about The Force Awakens is already up. That is in the show notes. You'll be able to find that. Just go over to YouTube. Uh, and then there's also, we're going to do Last Jedi. I think we're recording that this week. And then we should be recording La uh, The Rise of Skywalker in two weeks time because I'm quite busy uh, next week. And then also I've got Rhea and Jack coming on. We're going to talk about Star Wars Visions. I'm going to put that on the feed of Comics in Motion. I may also put that on this feed. I don't know. Uh, and then, yeah, just a few other bits and pieces as well. It's like, I'm quite busy. Lots of things going on. I'm There's a few uh, guest spots. There's a episode of Beer Nuts Productions that I'm going to be appearing on over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Megan's going to be appearing on the I Like to Like Things podcast in November, talking about one of her favorite things, speaking with Elise. So that's very exciting there as well. Uh, and then there's a few other bits and pieces I'm going to be popping up in, but I will save those bits for later down the line. But um, that's what you can expect from Genuine Chit Chat. Uh, as I said, you know, check out the Patreon because you can get access to lots of additional content for there. So if you aren't already sick enough of my voice and you like Star Wars and listen to my Star Wars podcast and you're not sick of my voice there and you want to hear me and Megan talking about films uh, that are normally 10 to 20 minutes long, some of them are older films, we talk about and spoil them obviously if they're super old it doesn't matter or we talk about brand new films that have come out and we do spoiler free reviews of those we did Shang-Chi we're planning on watching Venom soon I think we're planning on going to see Dune as well I think we're going to see the new Edgar Wright film Last Night in Soho so plenty of things to get your teeth into so please consider checking out my Patreon as I said little as one pound a month guys it's literally less than a cup of coffee and you can support this show and you get hours of additional content it means the absolute world to me and I appreciate each and any one of you even considering doing that um, but aside from that guys I think this is where I'm going to end it you know show notes is the key place to look at all the stuff I've got coming up if there's ever anything I forget to mention in the outro or the intro it's always in the show notes you know additional information about the episode you've just listened to or the previous episode or things that are coming up guest spots etc etc so make sure you check that out make sure you share on social media please review this on good pods or on podmatch or on apple podcasts or just on social media you know retweet it or share it or or talk about it or tag me and stuff whatever you want to do you know at genuine chit chat i really appreciate anyone willing to spread the word of my show to other people that may find things interesting to listen to um because yeah 
It's just my little passion project and the fact that so many of you listen just means the absolute world to me. So um, the other thing I will say is there is going to be a YouTube version of this full conversation out on YouTube. As I said, it's a video version of this conversation. What I'm basically doing is whenever a full episode gets released on here, I'll then put up the video version on YouTube. But when it's a two-parter, I wait until the second part drops and then I release the video version onto YouTube there in one big full unsplit version. So that's basically it from me guys at the moment. Thank you as always for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you listening especially all the way up to the end and especially for rating reviewing sharing and all those sorts of other things and um, i'll talk to you guys next week with part two of the prelude to femon film you have just experienced host creator everything else of genuine chit chat and also the host and creator of star wars comics and canon found on the comics in motion podcast mike burton